Attention parents and coaches. Do you wish you had a safe social media platform for your youth athletes? Fortunately for you, there's a revolutionary new app that helps with just that. Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting across the way is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Um, you know, we... We were talking on uh, on Friday evening, kind of like in, in preparation for the game. I there were plenty of moments where I wasn't sure we were ever going to get to this point. So yeah. um, it it felt great to be there on a beautiful Friday night in the fall. Um, usually, it takes a few weeks to get weather like we had on Friday night. Um, running back to the car for your jacket, uh, but you know, yes. hey, yes, I appreciate delayed that delayed a few weeks, but football season is here. It, it, it certainly felt like football weather, but the result was not something that any of us are, are used to. No, or, that's uh, why I completely ignored that part uh, in my intro. Well, I mean, it's kind of the point of the show. I knew, so right. But we have to touch on it. Listen, uh, me delaying the inevitable is nothing new. You know that. Yeah, I, I appreciate you running back to the car for my jacket because <laughs> you're, obviously I'm I'm not that lazy. I mean, I can, I'll be lazy, but I'm not lazy to not walk to the car and get my jacket. It's just that I had already gone through the screening process, oh, and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to rock the boat because this right. is the this is the the first main run of pandemic football, as the whiteout shirts said, um, and that's the reality that we we're in. I appreciate being admitted to the game and getting to be there and cover the event, and look forward to doing that a few more times this year. Yeah, absolutely. But obviously, it wasn't. It wasn't the Bulldogs' night, that was no. for sure. and sometimes things uh, just don't go your way, and it felt like a bunch of things just didn't go their way, our way, and, uh, you know, sometimes that's, that's how it goes. Yeah, so we are here to recap the loss to the Mifflin Mustangs in Game 1 of this 2020 season, this abbreviated 2020 season, starting weeks late. I believe we were already through, what, five weeks last year? Five games? Yeah, so it's really crazy because of all the years to have the delay, it happens in the year where Labor Day was as late as it could possibly right. be. Therefore, seasons and everything else were going to be as late as they could possibly be. Um, so when you delay it, it, it seems almost like a four-week delay instead of really three it's just you add in the the labor day being a week later and everything so yeah um yeah it's it certainly feels off but um yeah like like you said it's good to have football back the result was not what we were hoping for no not at all and we'll, we'll we'll talk about that a bit here on the program that's you know kind of what we're here to do and it it just it it's always disappointing and tough to talk about a loss right yeah like we we talk about that you and I talk about that a lot. Like, oh man, it's so much more fun to do the show when, when, when a win happens. And obviously that, that's pretty obvious. Like, you know, no one likes to talk about their losses more than they 
like to talk about their wins. Like that's, that's just not how things go. Right now. That's not to say people don't, you know, there's lots of people who would say they can recall their toughest losses more than a lot of their wins and, and things like that. But that's not what we're talking about, but to get on here and, and talk, uh, you know, after losses is not fun. And talking after a loss to Mifflin is even less fun, but yeah, you know, like you said, that's kind of the point of the show. So here we are. Yeah. So we have, we have to get to it and, and, and we will, but we're also going to preview the, Upcoming game yeah. against Manheim Township, who I said in the, the little summary of the live stream, are the three-time defending yeah. Section 1 champions. Now, I know we shared that title with them in 2018, but they've beaten Wilson three of the last four meetings, including in the playoffs in 2017, ending the Section winning streak in 2017. We got a little bit of revenge in 2018, beating them on their home turf that season, but they came to Gursky last year and beat us and uh, now we get to open section play in 2020 both of us spoiler oh and one if mm-hmm. you didn't know that township lost to start their season last week uh, against LaSalle College High School is a pretty significant program from the Philly Catholic League which... yeah perennial district 12 power who is in that conversation for state title runs every year um and I don't know what they they change classification some. I don't know if they're five A. No, they're six A. Okay, they're still six okay. A. Um, I think they've had like four straight, like around like about eight and four seasons. But right. and or maybe that's four. No, I think it might have been four straight years they've lost to St. Joe's Prep okay. to get kicked out of the playoffs. Right. I think that ends up right. being, which is like their could season be their, ends because right. they lose to St. Right. Joe's. That could be their. Well, yeah, I don't know how exactly how the playoffs because playoffs are different down there a little bit. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a perennial power and big time players and everything. So yeah, that, that's a heck of a first game matchup for Mannheim Township as well. And and they weren't, that was a late like ad, correct? Like yeah, that, in the last I mean, two I, weeks. Yeah. Right. I mean, everything's kind of a late addition, right. but that was even later because I believe their district one or the, sorry, their week one opponent that fell through and then they had to reschedule so yeah but enough about township for the time being let's get to our uh, our housekeeping our general announcements yeah. that we do at the beginning of the show before we dive into uh the video from the wilson mifflin game i do want to point out and thank our sponsors uh the, the major sponsors of may sandwich shop and small player big play they had a phenomenal weekend the streaming app um i, I talked to bruce and said they did great Friday night and even better on Saturday. I know there's a handful of Burks teams taking advantage and also other teams uh, on the eastern part of Pennsylvania using it not only for scholastic and high school football, uh, but for a variety of other sports as well. So if uh, you are a spectator at an event or you are uh, maybe an organizi- organizer of a um, you know a youth league similar to um, – you know, the local Van Ree, Lincoln Park area uh, leagues. Uh, check out Small Player Big Play on the Google and Apple app stores. Uh, it's, a, it's a free download on the app, and uh, you can stream those games and uh, possibly make money for your organization in doing so. So definitely check that out. Uh, again, Small Player Big Play. We also want to make sure we thank our two anonymous donors who stepped up again to help us for the sixth season of the Bulldog Hour. And if anyone would like to support us, there's multiple ways you can do that. Not just in sponsorships, advertising, and in-kind donations. Um, please visit the website, bulldoghour.com. And uh, Justin's favorite activity, spreading the word. Yeah, like and share. Definitely um, do that. We we post uh, stuff often, especially um, on Facebook, and I do on my my personal Twitter account, my coaching account uh, at Coach Joe Mays. So make sure you follow, like, and then anything we post, you know, give us a retweet, give us a share. It help helps us out a ton just to get um, the show out there. And we want to promote the team. That's what we're here for. That's yeah. why we're doing this. We want to have the, the, the kids and the program go to even higher levels. Yeah, we, we enjoy doing it, but it's really that it's just to have fun kind of promoting the program and, and the people in the program. So after tonight's show, we'll be back again next Sunday, the 27th, same time and place, 830. 
right here on um, Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitter Periscope. And uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the uh, excellent, excellently produced game uh, stream by Wilson Media Productions. Uh, they did a, a great job Friday night, and a lot of people were impressed that maybe haven't had to, they, they didn't need to and watch just, the game stream before. Right. And just kind of a shout out to that too. Um, y- you and I know, like from being there around the games for years and years, like they usually have a significantly sized crew there to work the game. And a lot of that has to do with their, you know, they have kids that are newer to that at school in the club and organization that are kind of working their way in. They were working with, pretty much the bare minimum as well. At least it appeared so from right. what I, from where I was. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, so like they're working with what they've got too. And yeah, it, it did a great job helping to get that out there to the masses. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a great, um, they do a great job and hopefully, uh, I, I actually, I know they'll be back in two weeks. I, right. I basically asked them that when, um, I retweeted the, the school post, um, uh, you know, they showed the inside of the production van, right. the mobile right. unit, which I know they've done in years past, but it was nice this time when a lot of people are wondering what's going on, who's doing this. And um, uh, Karen Troutman posted the picture to the Facebook page, and I eventually retweeted that on, on Twitter. And it's like, okay, same time, place in two weeks. <laughs> and they're like, we'll be there. So there you go. Sounds good. Uh, confirmation that Wilson Media Productions is doing the game against Penn Manor on October 2nd. Uh, that's the next home game at Mifflin, at Mifflin, at Gursky against Penn Manor. But um, anything else to add? Any any of this early stuff that we uh, need to touch on before we watch some uh, video and, and talk about the Mifflin game? No, I mean, I, I would just kind of like a general statement. I thought people, oh, from what I saw, I thought people handled, um, you know, the situation pretty well on Friday night, um, you know, understanding kind of what the protocols were and, I, I, again, I didn't necessarily experience issues with it. Um, so hopefully others can kind of had a similar experience and, um, you know, everybody, everyone like off of the field was, was doing what is expected of them so that we can continue as, as the saying would go. So we can continue to have nice things, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So let's uh take a look at this video now this is the huddle produced game recap i don't know i don't think the team has any say in this i think this they grabbed some video that's been uploaded mm-hmm. so this may not be of the, the uh the best quality it may not be significant and it may be only from a wilson point of view which means we not may not see a whole ton uh-huh. and uh, we'll go into the the film then and pull some things up while we talk about it um but i'm gonna we're gonna start that right now if I can, hopefully this works. I know it's given us problems in your past, but so here we go. Wilson, Governor Mifflin. Uh, yeah, so we're going to start right off the bat here and take a look at Wilson's lone touchdown. It was a brilliant play. It was very well run, great executed. Caleb to Troy, 39 yards. Yeah. Everyone looked good on that. Yeah, he had, he had lots of time. Uh, he sat back there. He made a great read. Troy got uh, past his defender great route and the throw was on the money yeah um, i'm just i'm gonna play it back a few times here because it was a really really well designed play um caleb had time no pressure unleashed the a nice pass to troy who sped through the defense for yeah, a touchdown caught it on a dead run it was off it, it was great it was really really well done and uh you know tied the game seven to yeah. seven after mifflin had um, seemingly taking control early on that, um, what, three-play drive, I think yeah, it was, to, to open the game. You know, yeah. They received the opening kickoff. Um, they had a, a, a run that gained them right. uh, you know, a good chunk of yardage. Yeah. Then they ran a little uh, halfback right. toss pass, which was like perfectly executed because yeah. we talked to they, defensive back coach right. Jamie Sands, who said the, the defender, who I believe was Mason, yeah. well, did what he was supposed he, to do. He was there. It was just a perfectly it thrown was, it was a ball. great throw. He hit yeah. They're they're running back on the run to his right, set his feet and made a great throw and hit the receiver in stride and that's pretty much how it went. Yeah. So but yeah, so they set it up. They Nick Singleton left, 
Makes Singleton right. He pulls up when he runs right and throws it deep. And they connected. So, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was and very then, well done. Yeah, and then they were able to put it in the end zone on the next play. Now, um, as you can see, if you're watching the show, if this is um, there's no more other scoring highlights for the Bulldogs since we only scored the one touchdown. Uh, and this is all from the Wilson point of view. So we're just seeing plays that produced uh, chunks of yardage here. We're not seeing anything from the Mifflin side. Uh, so I'll see if I can throw up some of those plays. Um, but there you get the final score graphic and you can see the yardage. Uh, not kind to the Bulldogs, but when you lose by the score of 48 to 7, uh, right. it's not going to be in your favor. Wilson didn't even throw for 100 yards passing, only rushed for 36 yards. Um, Mifflin, 358, with 255 of those coming on the ground. Now, obviously, most of those passing yards, I think, probably were in that halfback pass. Had to be, what, a good 35, yeah. 40? Yeah. Close, not, not quite half, I would say. Right was just on that one pass, uh, but they didn't need to throw the right. ball. The The ground game was, was getting it right. done. Well, and I felt like, and again, I, I don't have this like ironed out, but I felt like there were a lot of like, you know, one yard run, two yard run, 11 yard run. You know what I mean? Like it, there were, uh, I shouldn't say a lot, but there were too many uh, yeah. of those where it's like bottled up, bottled up, uh, 10 yards mm -hmm. bottled up bottled up nine so like you have them in third and eight and they get nine or you know stuff like that um it's just it, it's tough and they were able to when when singleton would get outside or and i, I don't really know but basically like 28 29 you know, and they would do that toss and he would catch it five yards deep mm -hmm. but he he's fast so he's going to be outside and when he's hitting the line like at full speed running straight while everyone's still trying to get out there not, no one's catching him i i've made it a couple weeks in a row without hitting stuff over here Did but knock, knock over my no i just i just like oh, i hit my phone up which was weird but you know what i mean like when you're running laterally to try and get out there and cut off the angle and you've got him running vertically it's not a good mix in for almost no one that that's yeah. not a good matchup for anybody and um yeah then that that kind of happened i i noticed he there were a lot of times where i thought you know he'd you'd have him and then he'd get another two yards you know and it, it while that isn't necessarily a, a game changing moment on any on the majority of plays that adds up over the course of a game right and and i think that is one of those things too that just you know you hit him you, you hit him at two yards and it ends up being a four yard run or or things like that now that some of that's credit to him you know like he he runs hard um but yeah like putting putting successful plays together on both sides of the ball was was something that wilson struggled with you know like like i said We'd have it kind of felt like one step forward, two steps forward, three steps back, you know, like so you're kind of just starting all over again. And so it, it was just kind of felt like an uphill battle the majority of the night. Well, that old football cliche of, you know, the game's won in the trenches. Yeah. And that's where it was. And we saw that last year yep. when we couldn't do anything wrong. Right. Like in any facet of the game, when you're up 61 nothing in what early, mid third quarter. Like you obviously have been executing perfectly in every phase of the game. Right. It was as close to a perfect game as as you could probably get in a, in a high school game. And you flip to this year, and it was the exact opposite. Yep. Nothing. Wilson couldn't do anything on offense or defense. Special teams were okay. Uh, there yeah. weren't any real significant miscues. They no. had a nice. Long I've got to be honest. I was I was a little surprised at uh, the Mifflin kickoff strategy. But it wasn't. It did not appear to be something that they came up with out of nowhere because that kid could kick that squib kick to yeah. that corner, which Every is time. that's incredibly hard to do. Yeah. But yeah, so they they had that down, and they were not going to let a long return beat them. And the one time they kicked it deep when it could, Mason turned it, returned it all the way to like the fifteen or whatever. Exactly. So yeah, so they were doing it on purpose, obviously, and they would have taken it if we they, we would have gotten started the forty if they had the um, if it right. had gone out of bounds. I think they would have been okay right. with that. And, right, they our were clearly not their fifteen. Right, they were clearly prepared for that. So if if one of them goes out and they're at the forty, they'll take that over the others being at the twenty, and you know some being maybe at the twenty five or some being at the fifteen. You know, so um, 
yeah, they they executed that part. But I yeah, I thought we did well on on special teams. But that was uh, one of the silver linings for sure. Um, we got to eventually see uh, we saw Jack Wagner kick an extra point, which was good. We eventually saw him punt the ball uh, a lot of distance, a lot of power. Yeah. And he, he said he's like the one time I got it deep, I didn't want to because it, it rolled out of the end right. zone. And obviously you want you don't want them to start at the twenty, you want them to start inside the ten. I uh, just had a little too much, and, and the roll did not help him. But um, he looks good. All things considered, though, I, I feel like at at this is me speaking at that point in the game. Because he was in there because Caleb was out. Right. And Singleton was back to return the punt. Punting it out the back of the end zone is not, not the worst, the worst case scenario. It, 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 it's not the best scenario. It's far from the worst. So. so besides not playing well in the trenches, both offensively or defensively, a few other issues were present. Uh, one of them is on the screen right now. As you can see, third down conversions. Mifflin, 50%. 5 out of 10. Wilson, 1 out of 10. Yeah. And was that one the touchdown? Was that a well, third down? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was. I think yeah. that was the only conversion. Right. Uh, turnovers. So that, that could have been our first third down. No, that wasn't our first okay. series. Okay. Ball. Okay. I, I couldn't. I don't know. Because they. No, was it? I thought I it was. Like, I thought it was our second, but maybe. maybe so it I was. thought it was our first because then. The, I, I could be remembering. Then they drove. We stop them, but we couldn't get off the goal line and punt. And basically, it was like exchanging, and they took over at the 30 then. So it was yeah. like they got the first down. Right. I, I could have that mixed up, though. Anyway, I've, I've tried to block parts of these things out of my mind already. One so. for 10 on third downs, not going to get it done. Yeah. It neither doesn't really matter which one that one was. but Neither is three turnovers. Like yeah. If you can't, you can't block or tackle in the trenches, trenches, you can't convert on third down to stay on the field, and you turn the ball over three times... You're gonna have a rough day. But any one of those can lead to a rough day. Uh, when you when all of them happen, yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long night, and that's and that's exactly what it was for the Bulldogs. Um, and I, you know, I hate to 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 say it, but that was the most points that a Governor Mifflin team has ever scored against Wilson. Yeah. Uh, it beats the their previous record of 47, set back in the playoffs in 2006. That was your Mifflin beat us twice. Yeah, I was in Puerto Rico for that one. You would think that would be... I a, actually was home for that one. You, you would think that would be a win, right? Except, guess where my roommate in Puerto Rico went to high school? Governor Mifflin. So... Yeah, I heard about that one too. Yeah, not but, not not great stuff. Yeah, you, uh, yeah, you would think that you know, that like seventeen hundred miles, almost two thousand miles, would be enough to get away from that. It was not. Yeah. So, yeah, I was consulting my official Wilson Mifflin um, info here, which is this T-shirt that I had made. It's one of a kind, but it has all the scores <laughs> on the back of it. Um, it's not actually the most points the. Team has scored if you include their years as Shillington. So I, I know right. when when Paul and Mike uh, Drago the, from the Red Eagle when they do it, they only include the Mifflin years, which started in 1954. Right. So they ignore the first eight games between Wilson and Shillington when they talk about how many times the teams have played one another. Uh, they don't include those, but if if you include those uh, in the rivalry. Shillington scored 52 points in 1951. Uh, and since then, they have scored 40 or more points just a handful of times. They don't, honestly, since 1967, they don't have a ton of wins against us. So, uh, I mean, we have that going for us. That's a positive. Um, in the big picture, that that's great. Doesn't really help you feel a whole lot better. No, it doesn't, doesn't feel great right now, 2020. Not off to a We're like, roaring start. No, never mind. Was, this is clearly the worst thing that's happened so far in 2020, right? <laughs> so I was gonna make I was gonna make a a Cowboys joke at the expense of your dad, but realized that's that's our other show. Well, I, I thought <laughs> I had seen the best kicking from the Mifflin <laughs> kicker this weekend yeah. when he was hitting those. Right when you're talking about kicks on the ground, and, and then, then I see the Cowboys onside kick today, and I'm just like, wow, he that like was impressive. right that was that was that was unbelievable. Yeah. So. um Wilson only scoring seven points. I'm trying to look here now. Uh, we only we scored 14 in 2017. So, um, yeah, it's uh, we usually we usually score more points than seven, but I don't know. It is what it is. Exactly. It, it happens. You're right. not going to beat him every year. I mean, like. Well, and and it 
don't get me wrong. They they took it to us like that. There's no getting around that. But it was a competitive game for a yeah, while. Let, yeah, let's focus on that. Let's focus on the first half. Right. So it looked really bad initially. Yeah, first three plays. they scored in three plays. And you're like, well, that's not great. Right. This could be a long night. Less than ideal. Yeah. And then, like Justin and I already said, we're not sure if they stopped us, we stopped them, then we scored, or if we scored initially. But, like, it went back and forth. And by the end of the first quarter, it was 7-7. And I, I wouldn't say that we were feeling great, but we were like, all right. We're in this. We right. saw what they're right. going to give us. We we adjusted or we've settled down, but the offense couldn't really get anything going. We weren't right. getting any drives. Well, like the, I I I believe it was that second drive where we were pinned inside the five, and then there was a fumbled exchange on first down, maybe, and so like instead of you know at worst being second and ten from the five, it's like second and 13 from the two and it's just like well if it it just got a lot harder you know like and then we end up not getting the first down which again is you're in a tough spot but you have to punt and then they get the ball at, at like the 30 or 35 which is is a tough spot to be in um you know because they had just kind of driven and the defense got the stop Mifflin did that kind of quick kick type thing that they did um that I believe they did a couple times, but uh, yeah, it was it, it was a tough. It was kind of tough to get going, and then you're down, and we're never really. We had some chances to kind of climb back and and kind of um, get there, but then just things didn't work out that way. So yeah, um, so right before the end of the the half, right. um, Mifflin scored. To was twenty one seven at that point then right. yeah because um, they had scored the second touch on the short field right. that you had just talked about uh, thirteen to seven they missed the extra point you think okay that's good we could we'll, we'll right that. like that could be big because I'm I'm confident that we're going to make our extra points yes. unless they block one I'm confident Jack's right. making it. absolutely and n- nothing happens they drive down to score they get the two point conversion just twenty one to seven you're like, oh they scored okay. right before half right right but this I'm like great. I'm like but we. If if we can get to half, we get the ball. Get the ball to start the second half, so you can climb right back in it. Well, then Mason's able to field the kick, right? And he does what Mason did so often last year, is he has a huge return. Right. He isn't quite able to get into the end zone, um, which sucks. Right. But he also gets injured on the play, which just compounded the <laughs> the the, uh, the issue. Right. And he doesn't play the rest of the game, but we've got the ball, like I said, around the 15-yard line and get down to about the, what, three-ish? Right? Yeah, I was Inside thinking like, the, yeah, I was in that and, area. And we're actually aided by a Mifflin offsides right. at one point, um, but it was really weird. We, we don't want to have to use a timeout. Uh, people are running around, not, not right. set. Um, it was a little disorganized. Right. I don't know if all the players quite understood how much time was left and the clock was running. There wasn't really a sense of urgency, which was which was odd to see. Right. Um, they have to use a timeout. The, their last timeout then um, with, with, what, about nine seconds left or something like that? 13 seconds? Yeah, I thought it was 13. Yeah. Um, they run a play, but it's a run with no timeouts left, you think. Uh, they're not that, gonna get I, I thought they weren't. I was like, "Well, that's playoffs. it. They're not going to another play." Well, they managed somehow to line up, not be offsides, have proper number of people oh, on nice. the line. No one's moving like it, and snapped with a hair before the clock hit zero. Right. They throw a pass into the end zone, and I, I, I should probably pull this up because I'd like to see it because from where I was standing, which was directly under the field goal post, the Mifflin defender was holding on to Troy's waist and not letting him run into the end zone. And the ball was just a lo- thrown a little bit farther than Troy's fingertips. Right. The ref was standing right there, did that reach for the reach for your flag, but then not throw it motion. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. How can, how can that happen? I, 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 so I, I have to admit, like, that's one of those where I thought that our receiver was getting held. But to be honest, I was watching fr- through the iPad screen. So, like, that's one of those that are, it's hard for me to see that 
on the screen from that far in real time. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. So I, I thought that, but I couldn't, I couldn't really tell. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can pull it up. I don't know if the camera will have caught it properly or not. Um, so let's, let's take it from here. Cause I believe this is going to be Mason's return. So we can watch that and we can watch the series of events play out. Modern technology. It's beautiful. There we go. So here's the, the kickoff from Mifflin after they went up 21-7. Um, he gets the kick down the line. Oh, no, that's not the one. Sorry. I'll have to uh, go a little bit deeper. Must be the next one. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, there's the two-point play. Okay. So here is the proper one. Let's open that up. All right, so here's the kick. This one goes much closer to the numbers. It's fielded by Mason, and he is off. Really good blocking. Really, really good job by the, the kickoff return team. And he's taken down just outside the 15. Um, and that's where the Wilson offense is going to take over. Uh, here we get the uh, the end zone camera view, which is still not properly... Uh, Focusing. Focus, uh, yeah. yeah. The focus is, is off, but we appreciate uh, former player Nick Johnson. Yeah, working the end zone filming, camera. Filming from the end zone camera this year. So, um, yeah, so Mason set up, sets up the Wilson offense at the 16. And uh, here we'll get a series of plays here. First is, um, I believe, a designed run from Caleb uh, as he stepped back to pass briefly and then runs the ball. Um, up the middle for a pretty significant game. It uh, was a good good play, good execution. Uh, they moved from uh, about the 17-yard line here. Um, he gets to down to about the nine or so. Okay. So, you know, you pick up seven, eight yards uh, on first down. Get about halfway there. Yeah, yeah so you're, you're, yeah, you're about the eight-yard line. Um, they jump off sides. <laughs> we get to uh, move even closer to the goal line. Yeah. So this is great. First down as well. Um, now, downs aren't going to play much of an uh, importance here because it's limited right. clock. Not a lot of time. Um, I don't, this is taking forever to... Um, that's taking forever to... A buffer. Buffer, yeah. Or um, to move properly. So we're going we're gonna to try to advance it. Here we go. Let's try that. And uh, the running play is stopped inside. Um, timeout is taken, which that was the final timeout. Uh, they're at the, about the three or four yard line. And it was a run to, to Jaden Jones, who just can't make the, the third or fourth tackler miss. And he gets taken down around the four yard line. And then um, you get a play that looks like a designed run to Caleb. And he gets stood up at the two. And this is when they're trying to get everyone to uh, to line up to run another play. They eventually get on the line, and uh, they will they will snap the ball after we see this end zone shot of of Caleb's run, which looks like a designed run. The way he drops back and immediately pulls it down to run, it didn't look like he was giving it a chance to to throw the ball. Um, so here we go. They're set up for the next play. And the play happens, and he lost it. It's just out of the reach of Troy. Um, I couldn't. Uh, the camera wasn't over far enough to see. Oh, that's that's unfortunate. I was right. hoping to see from that end zone. You could clearly right, see him. Right. I mean, the, he had both his hands on right. his waist. So no, unfortunately, that's not there. Um, but Wilson didn't get any points before half. Right. To and keep the score twenty-one to seven. And it's just like it's just deflating. You right. you get that great play from Mason, the great return. You move the ball closer and closer to the end zone. You get a little bit lucky being able to get that last play off, but you're not able to convert. You don't get the score because just think about how things could have been different. Twenty-one to fourteen at half, and, and, and the you ball. get the ball right now. Do I think anything's going to change drastically? I think in the end they wore I, I us think, down anyway. I think the final score would have been different, but I think 
I think it may have been closer. It's it's hard to argue sure. the way that game went. It's hard to argue that it would have changed the final out. But right. The the end. The only result that mattered. Right. I don't. It doesn't know that matter that if you changed. win by one or forty one. Right. The win is a win. Do I think converting before half would have meant Wilson would have won? I don't think anyone is willing to say that. Yeah, I can't say that based on the evidence that I have. Right. But, but so, you never you never know, and I would I would like to find out, but yeah. that's just not how it works. So. No. Um, but like you said, I, I think, and and I, I know in in one of the posts you put up, like looking for silver linings. Yes, one of the silver linings that I'm going to put out there, and I know, like, don't get me wrong, like we've we've played some Mifflin teams over the last decade or so that have been phenomenal, right? Like we played some great teams um, with some stud athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, Jan Johnson, who goes on to be like a he was a captain his last year up at Penn State, I think. Like, you know, just you you played some teams that would just have incredible athletes, and they have incredible athletes there right now. Um, so just kind of to be able to to battle, you know, early on, and, and despite things not going your way, like despite them scoring on their first three plays, right? you know, not sorry, that, that's not what I meant. T- taking three plays well, to under, score. Yeah, I understand. What you're Despite saying. you know um, getting pinned back on your second possession and giving them the short field. Despite you know some of those things. Despite not being able to get a big play, you know, in the return game until right before half. It, like they were battling and they were they're right there, and then things just kind of fell apart in in lots of ways. You know, some of the key guys, like you said, Mason went out after the kick return. Um, Caleb end up ends up going out. Um, yeah, in the third quarter, right? Uh, Jaden, I think, ends up going out he at was some point. Up right, right. He didn't return. Um, uh, Ethan Ashcroft went out with a knee right. injury. Troy went out. Troy went out with uh, with a variety of ailments. so like it just is is one of those things where you were fighting an uphill battle already, and then your your most experienced guys that you would you would rely on in that time aren't able to be in there at that point in that that happens that, that's part of football too but it makes it an even tougher fight um you know that's just it's unfortunate like like we said earlier it's hard when any of those things happen you know to kind of win a game when you when you start losing guys too that you can throw that in there and that makes it hard and just wasn't going to happen on Friday night. Uh, let's let's get to our player of the game. There were there were a few people that we tossed back and forth of who who do we want to give it to. Um, a couple defensive standouts. Um, uh, Gavin Leonard, a junior linebacker, yeah, had, had some game. big plays. He yeah. tackles. Uh, Adrian Santana as well from linebacker. Those two inside guys saw a lot of action against yeah. Mifflin, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, Troy, obviously, yeah. uh, scoring the touchdown, being all over the place on defense. He's always going to probably be in the running for this award. But we thought um, the the main defensive standout, the one who led the team in tackles, and the guy that doesn't get a lot of credit because of the position he plays, it's not very flashy, but when you lead the team in tackles against the uh, the run-oriented uh, team, it's, uh, it's uh, probably a good bet that you were playing pretty well. Yeah. And... He was one that at times you could tell was disruptive and really doing what he was supposed to. And that is a uh, senior defensive tackle, Jeff Colson, uh, who, who blew through the line in, in that first half a couple times, uh, stopping the, uh, the Mifflin offense and really, uh, throwing their running backs for a loss on a couple of occasions. Uh, like I said, he had nine tackles overall. And we think because of, uh, the impact he made and his efforts from Friday night, Jeff is our player of the game for the loss to Mifflin. Yeah. So, you know, like we kind of mentioned, there were moments of things uh, clicking, you know, the, that long play to Troy, um, some of the defensive plays. So there were, there were moments of, all right, this is what you want to see. It just weren't, we weren't able to string enough of those together on Friday night. Um, Mifflin was, and, that pretty much writes the story, I guess. Yeah, I don't have a ton else to say about uh, Mifflin. No. Obviously, they're a very, very sometimes, good team. Right. Sometimes you just take it on the chin and you got to move on. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting to see how far they go, what they're able to do the rest yeah. of the year. Uh, 
I think most people expected Wilson to be their toughest test. Yeah, I think I don't. They play CD East this week before their Burks game so, starts. So we'll count that as an unknown because yeah, CD I, East I don't is know always what to an unknown. From CD East. Again, typically, and like we've said about Mifflin, Mifflin in the last few years has had some bumpy starts, but always, always puts it together and makes a deep run. CD East has typically followed a similar path in the sense that early in the season they may get knocked off or so, but come the end of the season nobody really wants to play them um and uh yeah so i think that could be an interesting game but i don't i don't see a burks league team taking it i mean mifflin 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 doesn't really lose to many burks teams ever anyway ridiculous like i think well i thought it was like 58 and 2 in the last 60 or something like that or something like that you know um yeah they they've they're they've only lost to exeter with Mennett as a senior in 2015, yeah, yeah. and Conrad Weiser two years ago, right when Weiser yeah. won won the uh, the section on that right. victory over Mifflin, right. Those are their only two losses in the, essentially the last decade right. of Burke's Burke's football, which is kind of absurd when you look at the Wilson Mifflin Mifflin rivalry and the run that those two teams have been on in the last 15 years in their mm-hmm. respective divisions, yeah. which is crazy because they used to be in the same section yes. of Lancaster Lebanon League football. Yeah. And um, oh, so close to being that. Yeah, it's very close. Very close. Yeah, uh, but not not to start. Maybe in twenty twenty four, but not to start in twenty twenty two. And we can we'll mention that here. That was approved. You know, before we knew it was happening, they approved the section alignment. Wilson will be in the top section, which we knew, but Mifflin is in the the second section. I think I was a little surprised. Do they have us as the third biggest school? I think. Behind Reading I thought, and Hempfield, probably? I think Reading and Hempfield are the biggest, and I think we are third, and I think Township is fourth. Yeah, and that sounds about right. Again, that may be based on the male enrollment figures, but is. generally speaking, there are a couple outliers. Those are pretty darn close to total enrollment figures. Like there aren't many schools where there's a drastic percent right, right, right. change. Now, when you're talking big numbers, one uh, or two percent can be a a number of kids. So, um, yeah, just. I think I saw the one graphic I saw before I saw yours um, had it was like the helmet graphic, um, and it was just the by straight like enrollment numbers, and and that's how it was set up. So, um, yeah. So that starts in twenty twenty two. The Lancaster Lebanon League will be welcoming the remaining Berks County teams into the league or back into the league in the case right. of Reading, Mifflin, and Muhlenberg. Wilson will get to play Reading. I didn't realize Muhlenberg used to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. They I did were not the realize first that. One to, to leave. See, I did not. Well, and that would make sense as to why I was unaware of that. Um, apparently, Brooks Catholic does not have a game now this week. I don't know if something changed or what. They had been adding games left and right. Right. Well, because they had like they had like three or four openings, and they were adding them in. Apparently, they need a opponent for this week. Okay. So. Um, willing to host or travel Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. <laughs> All so right. Hopefully they can they can find a game. Um, yeah. So just real quick, while while we're tangentially on the topic, uh, shout out to Columbia this yeah, week there you go. for their for their big win. It was not a great football weekend for me, uh, rooting interest wise. Um, however, uh, Columbia coming up with the huge win. Um, and improbable at times. Um, and I can't tell you the last time they beat Lancaster Catholic. So shout out to them. I have the shirt on today. You got the roll tide shirt on. That's right. Ready to go. I was, Congratulations. I was, I was Columbia. excited. Yeah. Your former home a long yeah. time ago now. <laughs> I, you know, decades, literally two decades. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, we we always talk about them on, on Friday nights. You yeah. and I, well, usually we're driving back together, yeah. especially the road games. And I'm always asking or you, Columbia or do? I'm looking up how Columbia did. How did Columbia do? How did Columbia Anytime do? we get to talk to Andy, we talk about Columbia football and then we start talking about Columbia basketball. And yeah, because I feel like, and I don't mean this in terms of no, success. I no. mean this in terms of numbers. They're like puts down for Burks. Yeah. Columbia well, is for LL. Yeah. Um, because of their size, they're so right. tiny. They and in that new alignment, they will be the smallest LL Burks school. And like, they're down in section five for for football. I believe they're bigger than Antietam. Antietam does not have a Antietam football. Antietam doesn't team. have football. Right. right. And this is football only. 
the 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 correct, merger correct, for Lancaster yes. Eleven and Burks is football only. The Burks teams are associates, so they're not changing the name. It's not the Lancaster Eleven and Burks League. It is just the Lancaster Eleven League with all the Burks teams. Thirty seven teams, which, which is what you can do when you're the team that's like, yeah, join us. Yeah, you know, come so. here and play with us. So, and I know there's some teams in the LLs that are looking forward to it, and there's probably some in Burks that aren't looking right. forward to it either. I think it's awesome. I'm I'm awesome. I'm super excited. We were pitching excited. this idea years yeah, ago. We were just like, hey, let's let's get together. Let's do this. Um, I, I like playing Reading. Now, Reading's been having issues over the last decade. Not very strong, just like McCaskey. But it's nice to play those local teams that right. you don't get. So now we're going to play Mifflin and Red. Well, Mifflin will stay a non-league game, but we're still yes. going to be playing them. Right. We're playing Reading. We were supposed to play Exeter this year and right. are playing them, as far as I know, next year. It'd be fun to keep those teams on the schedule. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh I don't know what will happen with the uh, the crossover games. I assume those would probably go away. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll if see. If they don't, the Mifflin one would be an uh, would be a would great, be an ideal great opportunity one. to or make it or there. Exeter. You know, like you, they could yeah. kind of if they gave us Exeter as the crossover and Mifflin was a non league, that would right. be then you're only looking for one more game or two. Like I don't I don't really um, remember the numbers, but I think I think there's seven teams. So they'd section. still be looking for two more games. So you have six six section games, four non-league. If there's a crossover that's given to you, you'd be looking for three. If Mifflin's not that, you know, right. well, it'll be interesting to see what comes up. But that won't be. And I know there's a lot that goes a right. There's not there's a lot that goes into those schedules, and there's going to be. Uh, you know there's going to be changes to next year's schedules. I'm not saying for Wilson in general, but like teams in general, there's going to be some rearranging of schedules for next year too because of those like two-year deals that teams like to work out. And this year, that kind of got thrown all away. Yeah. So, um, Well, we, we've mentioned that a couple of times now, but congratulations to Exeter holding off Hempfield yeah. over time. Yeah. Um, you know, Burke School, we've been talking about, supposed to play them, but also former Wilson and, assistant George Ager was, right. is the Hempfield coach. And I think it was Friday afternoon. I believe it was before the game where uh, Paul Roberts sent out like saying like, I know some people are sleeping on Exeter because they lost so many of their big name guys from like last year, like other key contributors. But he's like, they have a lot returning. They have like, a ton back, so right, I'm not really so. that surprised. No, I'm not surprised. That like they were able to win in overtime. They've really kind of turned the tide. They've changed the culture over there. Like they expect to win. Like and that's key because you think now. I say it wasn't that long ago. It was that long ago now. Like it was probably a decade ago. <laughs> but like it doesn't feel that long ago when like. Exeter had a couple of years where like they were struggling to get a win, you know, and then they turned the tide and I know they've built up the youth program over there and stuff too. Like that, that's kind of what you need. You need that success helps breed that though. And, and oh, yeah. so, but well, again, in the idea of it's good for Burke's football, it's good for high school football when you have good local teams. And so speaking of success, breeding a program into major power. Let's talk about next week's opponent. Yeah. Mannheim Township, yeah. the Blue Streaks. When Mark Evans took over, what, in 2012? Was that his first season? At I honestly don't remember. It, it was uh, close to a decade ago because I believe this is his ninth season okay. as head coach there. They they weren't terrible. like They weren't a bottom no, player, but no. they were an average team, a middling team. Right. They, they would, you know, you get a good year from them every so often, every right. five or six years, but it wasn't consistent. Right. I would have put them behind, at the time, they were kind of behind Wilson and Penn Manor. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he first got there. Yeah. Right. right. Yes. When he, when he first got there. Yep. Um, they, they're getting better each year. That, you know, I think the first time, so they were supposed to be a team to contend with. Wilson in 2015. I remember yeah. we went there and it was not the case. No. Uh, Wilson beat up on them pr pretty good. Then next year was, I think, the year that people started to take notice. Yeah. It was at our place. Yeah. It was a 2016 team, which we beat Township that year, but it took a final minute touchdown run by Connor Urig yeah. to, uh, to give Wilson that victory. And I remember after the game, you and I are standing there talking to Coach Doms, um, and he says, he, he points, he's like, that whole team is back next year. I think they yeah. returned 10 out of 11 right. on like both sides of the ball or something. And we were like, well, we're in for, uh, we're yep. in for a battle in 2017, and we know how that happened. Yeah. And that was the year that the streaks broke through. Yep. And ever since then, Wilson has been playing catch-up. 
Now I said we we caught them in 2018, but we weren't able right, to we had, the deal the right because we had the little round robin with losses War, with, with Warwick, Warwick right. yeah. But Township now sits on top for the last yeah. three years and uh, and are in that position that uh, you know people had talked about for Wilson for so long where. They just always have that next group stepping in, next group stepping in. And while they have significant losses each year, they, it can be misleading. Because we hear that, we you know, at Wilson, we've heard that a lot too through the years. But a lot of that is because guys sometimes are, they have to earn it when they're a senior, you know, because the senior group, you know, the senior group ahead of you is strong and then there's not necessarily that many spots that you're just going to take away. And then next thing you know, your, your senior groups up, maybe a little unproven, but they also step up. And that's what I feel like we've seen at township the last few years. They kind of just have that next group is stepping in and the yep. next group steps in. And so, you know, I, I know it didn't go the way they wanted in week one, but there's no shame in that when you're, you're, when you're playing a, a power team. And I believe I did, again, I did not, consume a lot of articles about high school football this weekend well it was 35 27 i i read i read one and it was the columbia lancaster catholic recap uh oh, bro that's the one that matters <laughs> yes you, right? yes yeah so but i didn't even find out about it till saturday afternoon because i i didn't even check scores but yeah like they were down and they were down i believe 28 7 or 27 7 or something like that um at halftime that was it what was 28 was, to 6 at halftime. okay okay yeah. And so, um, they, they they fought back. Well, they went to what they know best, a passing touchdown to Anthony Ivey. <laughs> um, Evan Clark is their new quarterback. Okay. Um, he hit Ivey, who did a lot of work and got a 53-yard score. Uh, then once the defense got on the field, when LaSalle took over, they got a pick six from uh, Chris Negron. All right. So uh, that who, changes things in yeah, a hurry. Immediately you get, a, you know, 14... 14 points there to cut things back. Um, so they took advantage of, of some things, big, big plays and turnovers, but that's what good teams do to win or to make it interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, they weren't able to catch LaSalle, uh, who had to travel to their place. You know, it was at Manheim Township. But, you know, they're not going to be an easy out. And no. it was supposed to be Wilson, Manheim Township was – one of those teams is going to win the section. And I would right. think after the first week, that's probably accurate. Right. Um, I am not going to count Hemfield out. No. Um, but they lost to Exeter. Cedar Crest got destroyed by Manheim Central. Uh, I honestly, I don't know what Penn Manor did. Do you know what Penn Manor did? I know McCaskey uh -huh. lost big time in their game. Uh, so I, I don't know what what happened with Penn Manor, but everyone kind of assumed it was Wilson Manheim Township again, even with the graduation losses. Right. I would still think that's the case, but we'll find out in what five days. Yeah, five days to figure out who's going to win the section. Right. At least that's the way it looks. Well, who's in the driver's the season, seat? Right? Yeah, who's in the driver's seat? Who controls their destiny? Right. The second week of the season because of this weird year. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we we previewed the the, the team last week, so there's not much new to say about it. Um, Kate Clancy, Evan Clark, Anthony Ivy, they're their big three on offense this year. Clark, the quarterback, Ivy, the receiver, and Clancy, the running back, who also uh, splits time with Alberto and Torres in the backfield. But, you know, they're to that point where they just are reloading. It doesn't yep. matter that they lost 20, 21 starters from a year ago from a team that was, what, 11 and 2 or, or whatever they were, 12 and 1. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. And went to what double overtime against Central against Dolphin, Central who Dolphin. ended up playing for the state yeah, right. championship who or state beat, semifinal. They, who um, beat Harrisburg the next right. week to win the districts, and then beat Coatesville to go right. to the state championship, right. uh, where they ultimately fell uh, to probably the St. Joe's Prep, I would assume. I think so. Yeah. So, again, talking no no shame losing <laughs> games. Uh, uh, yeah, really. District twelve schools. So. Yeah, Wilson's going to have their work cut out for him. And like you said, uh, you know, it, it is one of those where, um, you know, Coach Doms says it every year, you know, looking at um, kind of early in the season, it's always kind of tough to tell what you've got. You, you hope to see those improvements uh, from game to game. Sometimes those improvements can be big from one week to the next. Um you know, as disappointing as Friday night was, and you could see, like, the kids were disappointed after the game. Not just 
that they lost, but I think about how the game kind of got away from them a bit. And uh, just, you know, like I felt like there are a lot of kids who felt like they could have, they would have liked to give it a better shot. You know what I mean? Kept like closer and had right, a chance. Right. Like um, it's, it's a bit defeating to know, like they took it to you. However, right. And, and it's okay to feel like that, but like that needs to be gone Friday night and then like Saturday morning, you know, and, and you need to kind of focus on exactly what needs to be done this week to be prepared as prepared as you can be for Friday night. You know, like the Mifflin game's over. If you had won, that doesn't mean anything going into the next week. Right. When you lose, it doesn't mean anything going into the next week. Yeah. Like you need to move on. They And we know they were preparing tonight, you know, to like in terms of game plans and all those things. And let's, let's get ready to go. Like let, let's hit the ground running tomorrow and do everything we can to be as prepared as we can be for Friday night and go out and try and get that bad taste out of your mouth and, and, you know, come back and, and get the job done Friday. Like that's, that's gotta be your focus. You don't have to worry about any of the other games. You don't have to worry about last Friday's game. You don't have to worry about two weeks from now. You don't have to worry about anything. Worry about going out and doing your job on Friday night against Township. Yep. Sometimes that early loss can refocus yeah. and, and get you ready, be more disciplined, more determined. Sometimes that can help. So hopefully no one gives up. Everyone's ready to roll. Right. There's still six games left. Right. Don't. Uh, if they want to make the playoffs, they have to win almost all of them, if not all of them. And that's yeah. always the goal. Right. If, if they win the rest of them, I'm confident. Oh yeah, obviously. If, if they, it starts this week. Like right, this is it. Right. You can't you, give if, up. If you lose you another, ready to go. It, it'll be it'll be tough to say. Like it, it'll be tough to say. Um, but yeah, like again, that's that's kind of big picture end of the thing. Like take care of your business this week, and then that starts to hopefully get a little more clear. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. All right. Before we go, let's take uh, one last listen to an advertisement from our sponsor, Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app, the all-sports social media app for young athletes. Live stream events for your friends and family who can't be there. At home or at work, they can watch your streaming on their phones or on TV by using a mirroring device or AirPlay 2. Download the app from the App Store or Google Play and create an account using a valid email address. That's it. Now you can find friends, join groups, or make new ones. You can upload and watch your own content for free. Watch YouTube uploads for free. Even more streaming options are available with our subscription plans and in-app purchases. Download the app and start sharing with the world your passion for sports today. All right, so thanks again to our sponsors, May Sandwich Shop, Small Player Big Play, and our two anonymous donors. Justin, anything else to say before we wrap up episode six? I am sure that you will be sending out the information <laughs> later in the week, um, but I believe on the Wilson Athletics Depart Wilson School District Athletics Department site. I think if you navigate to football on there, somewhere on there, I believe there is the information for or a link to the YouTube site where I believe Manheim Township will be streaming the game from yes. that site. Yes, good. That is. A good I, thing I am. To point I out. am sure you will send uh, yeah, information out be, later in the yep, week. But I have all that stuff coming yep. on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to let everyone know what's going on. But Justin did find that uh, this is on the athletic site on the main Wilson site, right. not the Wilson Athletic site. Right. If that's so, if you go confusing. to right, if you go to WilsonSD.org and yeah. go to departments, I departments, believe in athletics, athletics, and then you have to click on fall sports. Mm -hmm. And then football, football, and then there's a link there. It says live stream links for away games in 2020, and the list Manheim Township and McCaskey. Uh, the Manheim Township one is going to be on YouTube, so that one will be free. That does not cost anything, just like this past week. Uh, so you should be good to go there. I actually um, can pull this up here for everyone to see what we're talking about. There is the website, as you can see, live stream links for away games in 2020. There's the Manheim Township one, and you can click on that, and it will pull up the Manheim Township YouTube page where the game will be. Um, and they already have the event scheduled, so you can set a reminder. There you go. Right and there. And also, like, uh, for the YouTube, you know, if you have a smart TV or you have... 
um, some kind of like streaming device that allows you to connect to your TV, you can then uh, you can watch that through YouTube on on your television. Right. So um, I know some people are like, obviously, you yeah. know, some people are probably like, wait, what? Wait, what? You know, yeah. right, you so. do not have to sit at your computer. If right. you have a smart right. TV or if you have a streaming stick, Apple TV, Roku, uh, Google, uh, Amazon Fire, right, right. all of those. I believe have access to the YouTube app. Yeah. Just download it onto the streaming stick or your smart TV, put in your YouTube credentials, or if you, maybe you don't even have to sign in. You probably don't have to, but it's easier if you do, especially if you like set a reminder for that, because then it'll be linked to your account. But, but there you go. Yeah. Man, I'm Township already has it up there and ready to roll Friday, September 25th, seven o'clock from Mannheim. I do not believe they are letting anyone in at all. I've heard that they may not even be letting media in. Uh, it's a good thing Justin and I are going to film the game for the team. We will be there in person. Yeah. So, so um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. That's a good reminder from Justin. But I will be sending that out this week and make sure that everyone knows you can watch the game at Mannheim Township uh, online on the wonders of technology and the internet. Hey, it like. May not be the ideal situation, but it's it's better than nothing. It's right. better than relying on maybe tweets or or me on the sideline with an iPad. Right. So Absolutely. silver linings, right? That's right. That's right. So all right, that about does it for episode seven of the Bulldog Hour Six season. We hope you'll stick with us the rest of the way. And good luck to the Wilson football team this week as they prepare for the game at Mannheim Township. This Friday, game two of the uh, abbreviated 2020 season. Um, that's it for us. But until next time, remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.